0: To greet you in Jesus' name. It's good to be here. we've already had a good Sunday school time, a time of sharing. really appreciated that uh, Sunday school opening that Jeff brought. I think it was very refreshing. I glad to see him fill that role. it has been good. It's good. The title of the message this morning is, "What is Faith?" I was sitting in the bench uh, before the service started, and I was thinking about our worship service last Sunday. We were out in the Outer Banks for a week, and we worshiped at the Avon Worship Center. I don't know if any of you have been there, but its uh, uh, it was always, uh, I think it's a, a nice thing to do for a family rather than just having a family church, and I wanted to hear the preacher. I... I, I Kind of, as a preacher, you kind of have to try to compare yourself just a little bit with what other Christian pastors are out there. And he had a good message; I appreciated that. The music was a little loud; I I thought that was a little distracting to us. Other than that, uh, we had a good time. Jesus um, gave us the parable in Luke eighteen about the uh, the unjust judge and the widow. And at the end of the parable, he said, But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That has hit me. That has hit me many times as I looked at that passage. When the Son of Man comes, and I, I think he's referring to when he returns. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Will there be faith remaining when Christ comes again? And more importantly for us today, will we be those faithful ones? Uh, The world looks at us as as people of faith. We refer to as people of faith. But the challenge that I want to uh, convey this morning to you and to myself is, what is my personal faith like? Is my personal faith that which... Christ would like to find when he returns, and we, we don't know when that will be. That may be this afternoon, or maybe before the service is done. When he comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will I be one of those faithful ones? I want to, uh, the message this morning is very basic. Uh, the subject is faith. It's, it's something that you, you know, but I would, I would like to remind you of. And our text is from Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 6, as we'll be reading that here in a few minutes. Hebrews 11, 1 to 6, a very familiar passage when we talk about faith. I read a story about a young pianist who was in college learning, and he was working on his doctor's degree in performance, I think probably like Darren, I think maybe Darren's still doing that out in Indiana, and this man was a very, this young man who was learning, was, was working on his doctor's degree, was very, very gifted, and everybody that went to listen to him play was, was very impressed with him, but to the person who knew this man more closely, he was even more impressive, because he had high frequency hearing loss, he couldn't hear the high notes, when he would play on the piano, he would, he would play all the, the notes and he would not avoid those pieces that had high notes. He played them perfectly. But he played notes that he would never hear. He played the scale lower end of the scale he could hear, but the higher end of the scale he would never hear those notes that he played. But he played them Nevertheless. And to me, that is the heart of what faith is. Faith is playing the notes that we will never, may never hear. At least not immediately. We're not going to see the instant results of our acts of faith. We're not going to instantly see those those results. But we do them just the same. We relate to a God who we can't see. We do things that relate to our worship of God that we cannot see results from immediately. But we do them because we are people of faith. And we relate to God that way. Faith The definition of faith is, has changed over the years. Even from the 19th century until now, a uh, More modern dictionary is going to say that faith is a firm belief in something for which there is no proof or something that is believed, especially with strong conviction. I'd like to read for you, however, Noah Webster's original dictionary, 1828, declares faith to be belief, the assent of the mind to the truth of what is declared by another, resting on his authority and veracity without other evidence. The judgment that what another states or testifies is the truth. Faith is not a baseless belief that you are right and everyone else is wrong. It is the ability to take someone at his word and act upon it in confidence. And Noah Webster had that absolutely correct. And our faith is in God. And it's not some mystical faith that we just jump out and we have this feeling of faith. It is the confidence that the one I have faith in, is absolutely reliable. The one that I have confidence in will, will perform. He cannot lie, and he is faithful. My challenge to you this morning as we look at this, this, uh, this lesson on faith is are you a person of faith? Someone is to look at your life, are they going to come away and say, That is a man or a woman of faith? How big a part does faith play in your experience? Is your faith growing? Are you finding that your trust in God, in His attributes of goodness and faithfulness and holiness and love, is it strong? What are the evidences of faith? I want to share this morning what I believe the Hebrew writer was trying to share from Hebrews 11. Actually, before we read that, that text, let me read for you the background in Hebrews 10 Verses 36 to 39, if you have your Bible open, you can jump back there, just a few verses. Hebrews 10, verse 36 to 39 gives the context for our message today. It says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. It speaks of the close connection that faith has to perseverance and how faith and patience are linked. It's very much a continuance. Faith is required to be able to continue to the end. Faith is that which overcomes the world. The world is that... that devilish system out there that dismisses God. They say that God is irrelevant, that God doesn't matter. Our faith is a mechanism that overcomes that that world. Everyone born of God overcomes the world, 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. My goal for us today is that we would make wise choices in life, that we would choose to play those high notes that we can't immediately see the results from. That we would choose to live a life of faith instead of a life of ease and pleasure, a life of sensory perception, where we can only do those things that bring immediate gratification to our senses. That if our faith in God would be so strong and that we could, with Moses and And all those other heroes of faith be able to live that kind of life. Let's read together then our text. If you would stand please and we'll read together Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 6. Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 6 is our text this morning. I'm reading from the NIV. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead." The answer to the question the first answer to this question of what is faith is faith is being sure. Faith is being sure. Hebrews 11:1 Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It is being sure. It gives us a surety in our hearts. I read a kind of interesting story or humorous list a little bit about the Indians on a reservation out west. The the Indians had elected a new chief. The the old chief had passed on and they had a new chief and winter was coming on and so the Indians gathered around the chief and said, Chief, is it going to be a cold winter or not? And Chief... uh, was a modern chief, and he didn't really have those old secrets like the old chiefs did and couldn't tell him whether it was uh, going to be cold or, or not, or mild winter. But he said he'd better be safe, so he said, yeah, it's going to be cold. It's going to be a cold winter. And so the Indians left, and he said, well, man, whew, boy, I better check on this. So he, he goes off and finds a phone, and he calls up the National Weather Service. He said, is it going to be a cold winter or not, a mild winter? And they said, yeah, it's, it's, it's projected to be cold. So he goes back to his, his, his Indians and he says, it's going to be cold. So you better, you all better gather a lot of firewood and get ready. It's going to be a cold winter. So they started gathering the firewood and getting ready for winter. And just to be sure, he went back a week later and called the weather, National Weather Service again. He says, you know, is it, is it going to be, is it going to be cold? And they said, yep, yeah, it's, it's projected to be a cold winter. So he goes back, he says, y'all, really get busy, gather the firewood, it's going to be cold. And then a week later, just to be sure, sounds like my kind of chief, he went back and he called him up again, he says, "Uh, is it going to be cold? Are you sure that it's going to be cold? Yeah, they said, it's going to be cold. Wow, how do you know? How do you know it's going to be cold? They said the Indians are gathering wood like crazy. (laughs) They were sure. Faith is being sure. The King James would render that now faith is the substance. It would give, faith is a substance. It gives us a surety. So number one, faith is being sure of what we hope for. It gives substance to our hope. It brings confidence. It brings assurance. It gives us something substantial to hold on to. Hope for many of you may be not too strong. You think hope is something that you wish for, but hope in in the scriptural context was was a strong word. Uh, Hebrews six uses it. He says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hope is 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 a much stronger word than many of us use. Peter calls it a living hope, that uh, in the resurrection of Jesus and of an inheritance that is going to be ours in the future. Secondly, faith gives substance to the promise of God, promises of God. It brings them close. This is a concept I think that's important with faith in being sure is that faith gives us, brings these promises close to us. They give gives meaning to these promises. I know many of you that have gone through some struggles. You use the word of God and you go in there and you get those promises out. And the faith, your faith in God allows you to claim those promises and bring them close to you. We're able to grasp them. Romans 10 verse 5, I'll read a few verses there. Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says... Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. Faith brings that word close to our hearts. It brings closeness. When you really, really start grasping, when you start realizing that you don't have it, you're not able to meet this situation. And you start claiming the promises of God. You allow, faith allows us to reach out and grasp those promises. To bring it near. To bring it near to us. David Dykes says, Faith is the first step you must take to receive mercy from God. Faith is not just believing God exists. It is acting on that belief. It is staking your entire eternity on the offer God has extended for you to have a personal relationship with Him. Faith then allows us to take the promises that are in God's word and bring them close to us. In being sure, number three, faith provides a firm standing ground on which I rest as I wait for the fulfillment of the promises made by God. It gives me support. It gives me substance. Something I can stand on. I know that Some young people, and I think probably all of you have experienced at one point or other in your life, their faith was shaken. And I was even approached by one of our church members here and said, Sam, you shouldn't be preaching about this stuff that might shake people's faith. Faith can't be built on hearsay. Faith can't be built, passed on from your parents. Faith must be claimed personally. And it has to become that, that firm ground that I stand. If I want to be a person of faith, I have to have faith as a firm foundation that I can stand on. And if that faith is, is, is not real, if that faith is just kind of a hearsay and I'm going along because everybody else is doing it and I don't have a real faith, well, you need to have it knocked under out of you. And you need to claim the real real promises of God and, 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 and stand on that faith and taste that, that goodness of God yourself. So faith is being sure and uh, great men and women of God have been so sure that they've given their very lives for that faith. I think of those gladiators in the, in the arena they weren't gladiators but they were they were offered in the arena where the gladiators fought and they would they were given to the lions. And they could have recanted, many of them. They were given offers to recant, but they they were so sure because their faith was so strong. Number two, faith is conviction. What is faith? Faith is conviction. The English Standard Version of Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. King James says, The evidence. These are terms that are legal in their scope. Evidence and conviction. They're used when you read an account in the newspaper or on a news site or something about a court case or a crime that was committed. They talk a lot about conviction. They talk about evidence. And here we read that faith is conviction. You are convicted. It is strong enough evidence to convict. It is evidence of the things I have not seen or cannot see on my own. Faith provides that evidence. Faith brings conviction into our hearts through the evidence that we accept. When the investigators or the police officers go to investigate a scene of the crime. They are looking for tangible evidence. They're looking for something that they can perhaps take with them or pictures that they can take or whatever as evidence to convict someone. Fingerprints, gunpowder residue, cell phones, articles of clothing that are left behind. These are things that they're looking for and they analyze that evidence faith is a conviction that i have due to the evidence that things not seen god working is evident to the person of faith i'm preparing for a series on on apologetics that i'll be sharing this fall at another church and apologetics is all about evidences that we look at. Something that we see that to us, through the eyes of faith, there are evidence of God's working. We see God's working in, we see God's fingerprints in, on creation around us, and it stirs our faith. We see God's working in the affairs of men, and we are convinced The doubter and the skeptic can't see it, but faith allows us to see God working in creation and in the events of men. And the object of this faith is, of course, God, because we know Him. Faith is not blind. It's not a leap into the dark. There is so much evidence out there of God and His working. Unfortunately, people reject that evidence, and that is their downfall. The wrath of God, Romans 1.18 says, is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them because God made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. There's so much evidence out there and people reject that evidence to their own downfall. The creation screams out the reality of the creator. Can you see it? Can you hear it? Faith allows us to do that. I want to share a quote from R.C. Sproul he writes on a lot of on apologetics he, in his book. What is faith? He says many years ago I engaged in correspondence with Dr. Carl Sagan. Dr. Carl Sagan passed on not too long ago. He's he was an atheist. He was an astronomer, an astrophysicist. He said when we both responded to a publication on questions of theology and philo- philosophical cosmogony, we talked about the Big Bang theory that he was espousing. Sagan said that through the scientific apparatus, we can now go back to within a nanosecond of the moment of the Big Bang. Dr. Carl Sagan said that we can go back through the evidence that we have to just a nanosecond after the Big Bang occurred. R.C. Sproul, responding to that, said to Dr. Sagan, he says, Well, let's go back before that. What was there in your judgment before this explosion? You have said there was a complete concentration of all matter and energy in an infinitesimal point of singularity, a point that has been a state of, had been in a state of organization and inertia for eternity, but which suddenly decided to blow up. I want to know who moved it. I want to know what outside force perturbed its inertia. He said, uh, this is Sagan replying, he said, we, we, we can't go there. We don't need to go there. I said, yes, you do need to go there. Because if you assume that the Big Bang happened gratuitously, you're talking about magic, not science. And he's absolutely correct. Who moved it? What caused that inertia? You know, inertia is that force that allows things to continue as they are, if not affected by some outside force. You basically stay still until somebody moves you. That's inertia. Or you keep on moving unless something acts on you. What caused that to change and brought on the Big Bang, if there was a Big Bang, which we don't exactly believe in? The eyes of faith allow us to see the mover, we see the evidence of God in creation. By faith, Hebrews eleven three, 3, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Number three, first it was faith is being sure, faith is a conviction of the evidence, faith is believing God. And this is probably of the three the most important, part. and this is the one that affected me more personally than the other points, is faith is believing God. When God says something, I believe it. Faith is is the belief of a testimony, the testimony of God. What he says about us, what he says about himself, faith is, a conf- is confidence in the testimony of God. I believe what God says. That is the confidence of things hoped for, is believing God's testimony. The objective foundation of God's word becomes mine. People argue so much about Scripture and how reliable it is. But I believe firmly that it is God's Word and that what He tells me in Scripture is is real and true. It tells me about God, His omnipotence, His fidelity, the fact that He cannot lie, the faithfulness of God. It tells me about my own sin It tells me about my need of a Savior and my own helplessness. It assures me that I shall possess what God has promised in the end. Hebrews 6.13 When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Those two immutable things are his promise and his oath. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Abraham believed God and it was counted for him for righteousness. He was willing to offer up his only son on a pile of stones on top of Mount Moriah. He took action because he believed God. Number three, faith is more than believing about God. It is believing God. You know, that is the mystery of faith and I don't have time or the scope this morning to talk about it, but they talk about the three levels of faith the first one is faith. It's just the, the, the facts that are out there. You believe the facts. The second level is called a census, is where you assent to the facts. You believe the facts are true. The devils do that also. The third level is fiducia. It is the, the, the trust that we put in God. It's more than believing about God. It is believing God. It is trusting His word. It is trusting His character. It is trusting His promises for the future. Faith is very much childlike. Not childish or naive, but childlike. It's like a child placing his hand in God's hand. It's placing a child placing his hand in our hand. There's... There is not only the knowledge that we are reliable, there is the trusting in which we place our hand in His hand. We absolutely trust Him in the leading of His hand. And the men, great men and women of faith have done that over the years. It's life-changing when we actually place our hands in His. How does it come? We don't have time to, to look at it very long, but faith comes by the Word. The Bible says the Word is sown in our hearts. Um, we can respond or not I um, I differ from the Calvinist crowd in, in this teaching here I believe that we can reject or we can respond to the word as it is in our hearts um, the teaching of irresistible grace I don't think is correct um, where God, the Word is sown in our hearts, and, and we can reject it. Yes, we need the power of the Spirit to, to be born again, but we do have responsibility to hear, to be open and responsive. I don't have time to read that passage. I have it here in my notes, but we know the story of the sower, where the farmer went out to sow his seed, and he scattered the seed, and the seed fell on the various soils. And uh, we have the responsibility, Jesus says, "He he who has ears, let him hear. We can respond or we can reject. It's a very, very potent seed, but it needs our response. Faith comes by the word, faith comes by hearing. Faith in us is generated by hearing the word. Hebrews 10, 12, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching, it to, them, preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. We are exposing ourselves to the world of the unseen as faith is generated in our hearts. I want to say thirdly that the choice is ours. Do we have a choice in our response to the word? Yes, we do. What causes us to make the good choice? Why do we choose and others reject? That's tough. I don't know how to answer that. It's a very, very tough question. But I do know that God wants everyone to be saved, it's not His will that any would perish. You have heard the message. Praise the Lord. You have responded to a seed that was planted in your hearts, and faith has sprouted up. I trust that it has, unless you have rejected it. I don't understand how faith begins. I don't understand fully how the sovereignty of God meshes with human free will and responsibility. I don't understand it fully. It's hard for me to grasp. But I know that the good news goes out and and that every tribe and nation is to receive that good news. And some will respond. Some will respond. Are you responding? We need to continue to expose our hearts to the word. You say, well, my faith is so weak. My faith in this situation is just so weak. I, I, I just don't have any faith. Part of it is that we are exposing our hearts to so many other things rather than the Word. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in the message. And that, that faith, that faith that comes by hearing the Word will implant itself in your heart. And you will be strong. Take it in. That's why you're here today, and that's why you will read the word tomorrow morning in your devotional time, is so that your faith can be strengthened. Why is faith so important? I can answer that with three words it pleases God. Down throughout Hebrews 11, we can see that it pleases God. The men of faith in the Old Testament were commended for that because it pleased God. We can also please God by stepping out in faith. God wants us to step out in faith. Hebrews 11 talks about all the great men and women down through the ages who have stepped out in faith. I'm just going to sing that song, Faith of Our Fathers. Um, maybe we, we'll just skip that this morning and whoever's closing the song, could you lead us in that song, Faith of Our Fathers. We'll, we'll just sing that uh, at the close of the message for the sake of time. It's a great testimony to the, fa- the men of faith that have gone on before. Look at Abel. By faith, Abel offered... God had better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away for before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God. By faith Noah who when warned about things not yet seen in a holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith by faith, Abraham, when called to a good place, he would later receive as in his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city which, with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. What does faith do in our lives? It produces a life of obedience. A life of... A living faith produces godly deeds. James tells us that faith by itself is alone if it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. What influence does your profession have on the way you live? This is the practical part of the message. And I want you to ask yourself this question, as I will. What influence does your profession of faith have on the way you live? How is your faith influencing the way you live today? Is your faith having an influence on your life? Is it impacting the decisions that you make? You say that sin is a heinous thing. Do you shun it? Do you fear it? Do you hate it? You believe that Christ is soon returning. How do you live in light of that? Is your lamp trimmed and burning bright? You believe that the world has nothing good to offer. Do you despise it? Do you dabble in it? You believe that God will supply your need. Do you worry? Are you fearful? You believe that prayer is essential. How much time do you spend in it? How much time do you spend in your closet? Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Dave Thomas founded the Wendy's chain of Wendy's restaurants. He was a hardworking man, practical man, down to earth values. He was an entrepreneur, obviously. Thomas, when he was a youngster, was influenced for Christ by his grandmother, said that believers should be roll up your shirt sleeves Christians. In his book, Well Done, Thomas said, Roll up your shirt sleeves, Christians, see Christianity as faith and action. They still make time to talk with God through prayer. Study the scripture with devotion. Be super active in their church. And take their ministry to others to spread the good word. He went on to say they are anonymous people who are doing good for Christ. They may be doing even more good than all the well-known Christians in the world. Obedience. The obedience of faith. Wrap it up. What is faith? Faith is being sure. It's the substance of what we're we hoping for. It, brings, it is conviction, the evidence of things not seen. It is believing God. It comes through the word, being sown in people's hearts. The work of the Holy Spirit in that word. Faith pleases God. He will reward those who have faith in him. Great heroes of faith, please God, and faith results in a life of obedience. Living faith results in changed lives.